And just like that, we're matching. Did we plan this? Was this a was this a setup? Let me ask you something, Dan Dan. Before mm. we get into this week's baking a mystery, baking a murder, we're talking about the movie Voyeurs. Do you know what? Well, actually, it's called The Voyeurs, not to be confused with the other movie called Voyeurs. <laughs> Do you know what voyeurism is? No. Do you know what it is? Okay, so voyeurism is the opposite of exhibitionalism. Exhibitionist. Mm. Okay, a voyeur likes to watch people. Like a they like to, yeah, kind of like a stalker, but they just like to, you know, if someone's doing it in the middle of the woods, right, and you're camping and you walk around and you see this hot 10 out of 10 couple just going at it outside of their tent, what do you do? Do you just, oh, walk the other way? Or do you get your binoculars out? Because um. you're like, I mean, this is in public, right? This is, who owns this land? The state does, I'm watching. What I'll do you do? I'll walk away. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say, I'll probably watch it. Actually, I'll probably, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but isn't that illegal? To watch? No, to do it in the woods? Yes, but they're doing it anyway. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't record it for TikTok? What? No. You wouldn't sit and watch? No. You're by yourself. No one's going to know your choice except for the whole world right now. No, 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 no. You no, wouldn't? No. Okay, so imagine you're in your apartment and you open up the window. It's nighttime and okay. you see across the way okay. in a different apartment unit, they're just going at, oh, there's three of them. There's actually three girls and a guy. What <laughs> the heck? They're the hottest people you've ever seen in your life. Do you close your blinds? You do? You close them? I mean, I'll take a little peek though. Like just, <laughs> I mean, I'm curious, like what are they doing, you know? And then, and then I'll walk away. Okay, they're doing it. Oh, they're doing, okay, yeah, I'll walk away. Really? He said, I walk away. <laughs> I, I I'm all walk I'm walking away. I'm kidding. So, I mean, do you think that you could be a voyeur? Do you feel like everyone could be? I mean, really think about it because it almost feels like human nature to want to snoop, to want to know the tea. I mean, I feel like that's why we love exposés, reality shows, anything that gives us a glimpse into the super private lives of not even famous people, of just anyone. I mean, look at those TLC shows, 90 Day Fiance. Uh -huh. I mean, do you guys make up backstories for your mysterious neighbor? Do you imagine what your professor does in their off time? Like imagine you've got the hottest professor in the world. Okay. You don't ever think like, damn, what does she do in her off time? Probably watching Netflix or something, grading tests. Okay, so you're thinking about it. With you're, a student? You're thinking about With it. With a student. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, hey, anything's possible, right? Exactly. There are some stories, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you love people watching like I do. And the minute that someone walks by that looks a little bit interesting, I think, you know, I've got this whole story for them in my head. I've got this whole background, this whole narrative. If you're given the opportunity to know the most private details of someone's life without them knowing, would you not be even a little bit curious? I'd be very curious. So you'd watch, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly! <laughs> exactly! So that's what the movie The Voyeurs are about. It gives a little bit woman in the window, but also thriller, but also mystery, but also kind of sexy vibes. It's it's considered an erotic thriller, and um, can I just say that I didn't know about the erotic part until I started watching, oh. and I tell you I was in for a surprise. So let's get into the bacon of mystery. This whole movie takes place in Montreal, Canada. We're making boba toast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so here's what you're gonna do, Nana. You're going to put in the cream cheese, the sugar, the milk tea and whisk it together. This all takes place in Montreal, Canada, and we've got two main people involved. We've got Pippa and Thomas. Now, they're a young couple living in Montreal. I mean, do you know who Sydney Sweeney is? No. 
But I do know I do know a girl named Sydney. Give me your phone right now. I'm about to introduce you to the hottest woman alive. <laughs> Zendaya is. You can't, dude. She's just as hot. I love both of them. I can't. Okay, I think I choose Zendaya, but she's really hot. Oh my god. You don't think she's pretty? Mm. Can I see? Yeah. Okay, I'm not. She she is pretty. I know. She's a ten. She's your favorite, isn't she? Then I you love are. Her. Then you are a. 12. Oh, you're stupid. <laughs> so we've got Sydney Sweeney, uh, Sydney Sweeney as Pippa and Thomas. Now, they're this young couple living in Montreal and the movie opens with them signing a stupidly long lease to a loft. The real estate agent is even apologizing like, yeah, I know, it's a bit of a long one. The landlord's a little bit annoying. What can we do? They don't want the tenants to do anything really. You can't paint the walls. You can't put holes in the walls. You can't do anything suspended from the ceiling. So not even curtains. I mean, this is really unfortunate for the couple because the loft is this beautiful, like you know those movie lofts where they have those giant windows, it's got the exposed brick wall, mm -hmm. it's like a studio vibe. It's like a New York loft. Yes, right? and then like the, the kitchen island is like that stainless steel chef's ah, kitchen island, that. you know what I'm talking about? And it's like concrete, exposed ceilings, high ceilings, mm -hmm. it's one of those lofts. With the sun shining through, it's a studio, it's huge but no curtains. I mean, that seems a little bit uncomfortable, but whatever, the couple's happy. They're too happy. They got really lucky with this unit. It's one of those lofts that you really only see in movies. So Pippa and Thomas, they're both too happy to care. They're busy hugging each other, taking selfies to commemorate their first place together, moving in together for the first time ever. I'm whisking, whisking it all for Stephanie's Stephanie. affection. Yeah, like that. That was a good one, huh? So for once, it seems like a healthy relationship in a movie. They kind of balance each other out. So we've got Thomas, and he's got this musician vibe to him. He seems like the type of person that's super laid back. Someone who just wants to be happy and not the biggest pop star in the world. Just someone wants to do what he's passionate about. Meanwhile, we have Pippa, who's kind of like your typical blue-eyed, blonde-haired, responsible, but wants to have fun, like responsible fun. She also has a strong sense of justice, you know? He, he likes chlorophyll water. He likes kombucha. He's one of those people. And she, on the other hand, she likes a cold, hard beer. And even with something as serious as moving in, instead of being stressed out with each other, instead of being like, oh my god, this is a huge commitment, they joke around. And they're like, should we, should we just break up now since everything's packed up? We could just split everything half in the middle. We could literally cut a box in the middle and just like half and half. All right, nice knowing you. They shake hands. Like it's one of those relationships. Like they goof around. A little bit about the couple. So Pippa, she's this ophthalmologist. So she looks at your eyeball. There's a lot of imagery in this movie where she's looking at your eyeball and it's zooming in on your eyeball. And then all of a sudden she's cutting into an egg yolk and it's like the most intense little imagery that you're gonna get. Yeah, it's really wild. So she spent most of her life in school studying for her exams, staying up till two in the morning, just trying to get good grades, never having fun. So now, now that she's got a job, it's her time to let loose. She even brings up the topic of kids with Thomas. Would that not freak you out? Yes. But it doesn't freak him out. Why? Because she tells him, hey Thomas, let's talk about kids. I don't fucking want them anytime soon. Oh, she said that? Yeah, and he's like, oh <laughs> yes, me too. But she just wants to wake up hungover every Sunday. That's what she wants. She wants to go to work, be responsible, but during the weekend she wants to make terrible, terrible decisions. She wants a good balance. She wants to live her life for once. Meanwhile, Thomas, on the opposite hand, he grew up in a band. He played at a ton of underground bars. So he's seen some shit. He's done some shit. 
He's experienced some shit. He's probably snorted some shit. <laughs> so now he just, he likes to chill out, drink some chlorophyll water, get some organic kale salads for lunch. He just wants a laid back, healthy lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like to get, to, be, to put it in perspective, this guy's biggest dream right now is to buy an accordion. Ah, oh, same as my grandpa. Bruh, we went to Chinese New Year and his grandpa played an accordion. <laughs> and every time that we thought he was done, we all started clapping and he would just keep going. <laughs> and then he would dramatically pause. The grandpa? Yeah. The grandpa? Yeah. And then uh, we would all start clapping and then he would keep going. Hey. He would not stop. His dad had to be like, okay, okay, um, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta stop. <laughs> the kids have to go home. Boo, boo. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, boo, boo, boo. boo, boo. Yeah, that's how wild Thomas is now. But they seem to make it work. So the first night in their little loft, they're doing this cute little customary eating Chinese takeout, drinking chlorophyll water on the ground because they haven't unboxed any of their furniture. And all of a sudden, it's nighttime, right? Mm -hmm. Bright flash of light floods the entire place. Yeah, it's Freaky Friday. They've switched bodies. No way. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. He got what? so excited. He was like, hell, if you switch bodies with a girl, what's the first thing you do? First thing. Yeah, first thing. Be real. Be honest. Be real. Be transparent. I will probably... I think everybody would do the same freaking I'll thing. I'll probably check myself out. You wouldn't grab a titty first? No, like I want to... Like, like I need to know how this body functions. Like an anatomy class? No, no, no. Like, like... I mean, wouldn't you? I'd be helicoptering it. Immediately drop the pants. <laughs> Did you say helicoptering helicopter. it? Helicopter. Drop the what? pants, hands behind the neck. Helicopter. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. It doesn't work That's like that. That's what I would be doing. <laughs> well, I would make it work, okay? I think I would also try kicking myself in the balls. Why? Because so many people are like, it's the most biggest pain you'll ever... It is. No. Mm -mm. no. All right. So anyways, it's not Freaky Friday. Sorry to break it to you. It's this bright flash of light. They look out the window and it's not lightning. It's actually the building right in front of them. So they have full view of this building that is directly in front of them. Like not even at an angle, just right in front of them. This is Montreal. So there's not a lot of space. They've got full view of this other condo building and it's a bit more upscale. It's a bit more of, more of an expensive building. So the apartment unit that produces this giant flash of light has these sheer mesh curtains that really block out nothing and it looks like a photo shoot is taking place a professional one you can see all of the studio lights inside we've got this guy who i presume to be the photographer he's taking pictures of a woman that's splayed out on the couch just i don't want to say spread eagle but like kind of spread eagle but it's like fully clothed so pippa and thomas are watching because i mean it just caught their attention wouldn't you watch you'd look in and be like oh it's it's a photo shoot mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of Fascinating. The photographer's behind the camera, he's working the lights, he's snapping away, more flash, and you know, the set looks cool, and then all of a sudden, he drops the camera, rushes over to the model on the couch, and just starts making out with her. So Pippa and Thomas are like, aww, they're in love. <laughs> but as cute and as romantic as it was, they start getting butt fucking naked. And I mean, it's dark outside. The lights are on in their unit. The curtains aren't drawn. I mean, they're sheer mesh curtains to begin with. Oh. Maybe they like the risk of seeing someone seeing them. So the photographer and the model, they start making out and moving from room to room. You can literally see it from the living room to the kitchen to this room. And they're shedding clothes like a little snake as they walk around. Thomas is eagerly shoveling Chinese food into his mouth and watching. <laughs> and Pippa is a little bit bothered. You know, it's given her a little bit of the ick. Is this even okay? 
This feels inappropriate. Thomas, Thomas, I don't think we should spy on our neighbors. What? No, no. I'm not spying. We're just looking out the window. I mean, they happen to be in our field of vision. I'm not spying on anyone. Now the photographer's literally stripping the model down on the kitchen island, and he's, he's gonna eat a full course meal, if you know what I mean. And Thomas is sitting there just, <laughs> I mean, they have to know that someone can see them, right? I mean, that's, uh, are they about to do what I think they're about to do without even the curtains drawn? Regardless, Pippa's not into it. She tells Thomas, we're officially being the creepy weirdos. We, we gotta stop watching. What? No, but they want us to look. I mean, look at the, the and she's, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> and Pippa's giving him the, okay. Okay, you're right, Pippa. I'll stop because you want us to. Thank you, Thomas. It's our first night. Let's give our neighbors a little bit of privacy, yeah? And she stands up and they're about to head to bed. And Thomas is like, okay, come. Oh, they're fucking now. Coming. So then he leaves, right? So we see the camera pan through the lofts in the apartments nearby and it really makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable and you start you start questioning yourself as you watch this scene because it feels almost normal to look. You know, most movies you would watch this and say, oh, these main characters are shady. Oh, these men characters are really weird. I would never do that. That's why they're gonna get into trouble. No, but this one seems natural. I feel like in the comfort of my, if when we were downtown, I feel like in the comfort of our downtown apartment, if I could see someone, I'm not using binoculars, I'm not zooming in with my phone. If I could just see someone, wouldn't you look? Yeah. I'll so take it, a peek. Exactly. So it shows all these other people. You know, you see this woman tucking her son into bed. Friends cooking at the kitchen in the kitchen di like dining room. You nobody see, has nobody has curtains. Nobody because it's a loft so and it's weird. like a you know I feel like most lofts don't have curtains. Uh, it's crazy. It's the vibe. They should yeah. though. I mean, think about us. We installed all the shades. Yeah. And then we never really put them down. That's true. We gotta start putting them down. <laughs> we gotta, oh my god. I mean, it's just so intimate and inappropriate to be able to see into these people's lives through their windows. It's kind of wild. And then we've got Pippa, who's in the bathroom putting on lip gloss before bed, which can only mean one thing. It's not to moisturize your lips. That's lip balm. She's gonna sneak out to see Nate Jacobs. I'm kidding. She comes out looking amazing. She's in her little lingerie. She's ready to commemorate their first night in their apartment together. And she seductively walks over to the bed. And Thomas is asleep. <laughs> Bits. Uh, so listen, you fall asleep on Sydney Sweeney. You don't deserve her. She just looks so disappointed. But she still is in love with Thomas. She lovingly comes over, takes off his little eyeglasses so he can sleep in peace and... You know, well that's bust. It just seems like the two are kind of different. What are some oddly specific things that embarrass you? Like, for me, it's when I have to cough in class. Or it's when I'm grammatically incorrect in my emails. It makes me so embarrassed. Or if maybe even the message isn't clearly getting across, I just don't like the feeling. But I also don't like wasting my entire day triple checking emails, papers, texts, and more. And that's why I love Grammarly. It saves me so much of that embarrassing feeling. Grammarly is more than a spelling and grammar checker. It's an all-in-one writing tool that allows you to clearly and effectively communicate your ideas. You can even save time using their 
free and premium features. And honestly, I get confidence knowing that my writing is professional. It's free to download. It's so easy to integrate into all aspects of my life. Like it works wherever I work. So whether that be Gmail, Word, Google Docs, whatever I need, even Twitter, text messages. I practically use Grammarly every single day of my life and I don't know what I would do without it now. I love the clarity adjustments that give me suggestions to simplify my sentences. It helps me get my point across faster. Grammarly even helps me with full sentence rewrites when it just feels like I'm about to miscommunicate something. It helps me rewrite those hard to read sentences and the tone adjustments Oof, they hit me right here. They make sure that I use more decisive phrases because you guys know how that's so hard for me. It also helps with my word choices so I can really stand out and I don't have to Google synonym for sounds good anymore. I can also have meaningful conversation through my words and Grammarly even has a free tone detector. So that makes sure that your message is never misinterpreted because listen, I have a problem with formality levels and tones. Sometimes it's okay for me to be super casual and sometimes it's not. Grammarly helps you whether you're emailing your professor, your landlord, your boss, a potential new boss because you're done with your old one. So get through those emails and your work quicker by keeping it concise, confident, effective with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash bam to sign up for a free account and whenever you're ready, upgrade to Grammarly Premium and get 20% off just for being our listener. That's 20% off at g-r-a-m-m-a-r-l-y dot com slash bam. Thank you Grammarly for sponsoring today's episode. So anyway, the next day, Pippa's meeting with her friend slash coworker named Ari for a coffee before they head to work. This seems like a ritual that they have. And Ari's super excited. So, how's it moving in together? Um, good. Tell me everything. No, it's good. It's good, but the neighbors. Yeah, the neighbors. We saw something. So Pippa seems a lot more interested in spilling the tea about the couple across the way than talking about how she didn't have sex last night, which is understandable. So of course, Ari, being the girl that she is, she's like, oh, ew, how ugly were they? But you know, that's the thing. They weren't ugly. They were actually gorgeous. Okay, so then what's the big deal? Pull up a chair, get some popcorn. Oh, binoculars. You need to get some binoculars. No, I'm Absolutely not. Like, even if they wanted someone to see, or if they liked the risk of someone catching them, that doesn't mean it's okay for me to watch. I mean, I just think, I think that's weird. Really, Pippa? Because I think you're a thousand percent wrong on that. It sounds like they're exhibitionists, and if they are, watching them is a polite thing to do. It is. (laughs) It's what's gonna get them off. That's what they're in it for. So they get into the office. They work at a place called Loptic. L-Optic. Loptic. Loptic. Eloptic, okay? And when they're in the office, we see Pippa go through the motions and she seems she seems not miserable but kind of confused. You know, the main ophthalmologist there is talking about a patient talking to a patient and is like, hey, don't worry about the LASIK. I'm just lasering your eyeballs. I've been doing this for 20 years. And Pippa's helping and she's like, 20 years, huh? Yeah, 20 years. It's a simple process. I could do it in my sleep. And our girl looks so stressed. 20 freaking years of this, is this what her life is gonna be? But her boss is so nice. So, you know, her life really isn't that bad. I'm sure she's making a ton of money. Her boss even got her a housewarming gift. She tells Pippa about how magical birds are. You like birds? Yeah. When I wake up, 
You like the sound of birds? I do. Birds scare me. Makes me, me happy. What? So she's telling her how magical birds can be. Birds can be flying as high as an eight-story building and spot a single ant on the sidewalk. Wow. Which, what is the point of that story? It's to let us know that when a bird poops on you or your car, it was premeditated. That's exactly what it means. So Pippa opens up the housewarming gift, and it's a beautiful bird feeder. And she says, let this be a reminder. When you hang it out your window and you see a bird, remind yourself of how imperfect our species vision is. And we're all just doing what we can to make it a little bit better for everyone. So Pippa goes home, she hangs it up, and of course, Tippa, that's what I'm gonna call the, the couple from now on, Thomas and Pippa, Tippa, right? They can't help but take a peek again. Hey, you think we can see something? The neighbors are just having dinner now, it's very casual, and Thomas blurts out, how do we become their friends? Thomas, you want to be friends with the neighbors that we're now stalking? I mean, yeah, why the hell not? They seem cool. And I bet that sake he's drinking is top shelf. He could pour me some, I could pretend to know the difference between this and the cheap stuff, and then maybe she could show you all the cute boutiques in the neighborhood. Yeah, Thomas, because all girls do is shop. Okay, fine, <laughs> okay. I'll go to the boutiques with her. And they start giggling, and Thomas says, what do you think their names are? Mmm, she's got long... Like, shoulder length, black hair. She looks kind of like an intellectual of some sort. Kind of mysterious. Oh, she's definitely a Margot. And he's got this dirty blonde hair. An eight-pack. And he's a photographer. Brent. It's got to be some sort of Brent. Brent. Brent, huh? If only Brent could teach me how to sculpt my body hair. Hey, you know yesterday I saw Brent's pubes? Ugh. What? Chef's kisses. Exquisitely manscaped. What do you think they're eating? Do you ever want me to shave my pubes like that? <laughs> what? Shave your pubes? Yeah, shave my No, I mean, no. Wouldn't they like just grow back out or something? Or don't they get prickly? I don't know. And as they're watching, the couple Margot is dancing with her giant headphones on, doing chores after dinner, and Brent starts choking on a spicy tuna roll. So he starts panicking, trying to get it out of himself. He's hitting himself on the back. He's trying to throw himself onto the back of the chair, and Margot can't hear him. So Pippa's screaming, oh shit, oh shit, she can't hear him. Take off your headphones, take off your headphones. She's banging on her window as if that's gonna work. Like, she's got headphones on. She can't even hear her husband choking in the same room. Do you think she's gonna hear you banging on your window across the way? Absolutely not. So Tippa starts freaking out. Thomas is like, what do we do, Pippa? Do we call 911? No, they're not gonna get here fast enough. You need to go over there, Thomas. What? Okay, okay I gotta go. But then they'll know we're spying. Yes, but he won't be dead. Go. So Thomas is getting his jacket, and as he's about to leave, Margot sees her boyfriend freaking choking, and she starts helping him. Wait, Thomas, come back, come back. She saw him, she saw him. So he runs back to the window, and the two of them are yelling, pounding on the window, because Margot starts patting him on the back. They're like, hello, that's not going to do anything for him. Tippa screaming, come on, no, help him, like this, like this, right? And finally, Margot gets it. She puts her arms around Brent, does the little Heimlich maneuver thing, the spicy tuna roll, projectile, gets ejected out Ooh. of his throat, and he lives another day. And Pippa and Thomas are screaming at each other, we did it, we did it, Joe! That's <laughs> optimistic. I mean, it's pretty clear that this is what's going to be the event for them to normalize the stalking. This moment is going to make it normal because it's no longer sexual. It's like this moment of, oh my god, we saw this amazing thing, such good, such victory. I mean, 
After such a victory, you would imagine that Tippa would celebrate, finally commemorate the place. But nay, it's just another sexless night for Pippa, and she can't stop thinking about Brent, the photographer. Something about his chiseled muscles and his insatiable hunger and drive. For what though? And power. Wait, that's a song. <laughs> and you know what they say about photographers. What? No, I don't know if they say this, but their fingers are fast. Really? About photographers? <laughs> Wait, aren't you a photographer? <laughs> oh, I can be. <laughs> he just takes pictures of me for my Instagram. He's like, photographer. <laughs> photographer right there. I'm trying a piece of boba. Mmm. Mmm. I don't know if that tastes good. Mmm. Is it good? Mmm. Now, I'm sure it doesn't hurt that he's a super successful living this upscale loft that's infinitely better than ours. She seems to drift off into this fantasy land, so much so that the next day she comes home with binoculars. And Thomas is freaking shook. I feel like that's where I draw the line. You know, the minute that I start buying some spy gadget, the minute that I start buying some ways to peep in, like some camouflage, like you're doing too much. Like you, <laughs> you are trying too hard not to get caught, which means whatever you're doing is something you shouldn't be doing. Now, my eyes, on the other hand, listen, if your curtains are open, I'm looking. I'm just saying. So anyways, Thomas is freaking shook. Like, hello, are you the same person that told me that I was stalking them and now you've got binoculars? And she's like, listen, you were right. They want us to look. I mean, that makes the most sense. So Tippa sit behind their couch, turn off all the lights, and watch the photographer. And they see Margot, his girlfriend or his wife, leave for a trip with a suitcase. So he kisses her goodbye, watches her go, and you know, it's so cute, so romantic, but then you guessed it. Soon afterwards, a woman that is not Margot shows up. And at first it looks like it's gonna be some sort of nude photo shoot. She gets naked. Fine, it's his job. He has his camera, he's taking the pictures. Could you do it? What if your girlfriend is a nude photographer Perm. for some of the most jacked, ripped, got it going on dudes? And she's like, babe, it's my job. Like, this is my career. Is she making bread? Yeah, she's making bread. Hey, then you do you. Like, you're not even gonna feel a little bit nervous? I don't feel a little nervous, you know? I mean, there's like a bunch of dudes. It's not even like just jacked. It's like down there. It's like other departments too. Yeah. So then, then, you <laughs> oh, need to add shoot. some cream. Add the cream, then add the poba, poba, poba. Okay, ready? Yeah. And then we close it. Oh, ho, ho. So, um, you know, she gets naked. He has his camera. He's taken pictures of her. And then he takes off his shirt. I'm sorry, what? I didn't know both parties had to be stark nude. And he walks over and he starts making out with her. Now, the whole time, Pippa and Thomas are narrating the whole thing going, No, little cheater, <laughs> no. Right? Mainly screaming, but also giving it a good, Oh my God, boobs, boobs. And Thomas has a moment of clarity and he says, wait, does this make us bad people for watching this? No! Thomas, they want us to watch here. Like, keep the binoculars. Keep watching. So now we have Thomas watching on the binoculars and Pippa starts giving him a hand while he's watching, literally. And the movie is categorized as an erotic thriller, like I said, and I did not know it until, you know, kind of like five minutes in. Was that like a pleasant surprise? Yes! <laughs> and then now it's Pippa's turn, and at this point, the two neighbors are mirroring each other without even knowing it. Tippa are following the same positions as the photographer and his mistress, and Pippa seems a little bit more excited to watch than experience what's actually going on with her. 
And Thomas ends up not being able to. <gasps> Be careful. Ooh. Wow. Listen, Take I Take it out and show them. Yeah. Um, it's not as pretty as I thought it would be. It's not no, about it's the appearance, it's about the taste. Okay, well, I guess we'll give it a taste, shall we? It's steaming hot. Oof. It's not that sweet. So it could have used more boba or sugar. Or the cream, maybe more cream. It tastes like milk, but it tastes like cow's milk, like not condensed milk, <laughs> just f***ing straight up cow titty. So anyways, where was I going with this? The, 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 they're doing hand or something. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're giving each other a hand. Now Thomas ends up not being able to keep up as long as the photographer. <laughs> not even close. He also seems to be a much more sensual person and Pippa's frustrated, but she doesn't let Thomas know. She acts as if it was just as fun and just as exciting as she had hoped, but in reality, she's let down. I guess what I'm trying to say is that out of everybody, Pippa got the short end of the stick. She got no satisfaction. Thomas is satisfied. The freaking neighbors across the way are satisfied, but not Pippa. But you know what, it's fine. It's fine. They have to wake up early for a brunch date anyway. So Tippa tomorrow is meeting Thomas' sister Jody, along with Ari from Pippa's workplace. So they're all sitting there for brunch, the four of them, and Tippa's telling them everything about the couple. Oh yeah, they were doing it last night. Oh my god, it was crazy. And they all have the same theory. Margot is clearly Brent's girlfriend, maybe even wife. And while she's out of town, he's cheating on her. So Ari is the only one that doesn't agree. She says, what if we're just projecting our ideals of monogamy onto them? What if they're in a perfectly healthy, polygamous, happy, open relationship, you know? And Thomas is like, yeah, but what are the odds of that? Ari is not one to be messed with. She Googles it and says, actually 15% of couples are in an open relationship. 15%? Really low. That's actually a That's lot. That's really low then then? Wait, 15% of couples are in Open relationship. That's fifteen percent. Yes, that is a lot. That's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. And you know they're all impressed. Like, wow, that's actually impressive. That's a lot. And Ari's like, yeah. And that's an average. I assume in big cities like Montreal, it's going to be much higher. Like in this place, this place is fuck city. <laughs> so Pippa is intrigued. What city? Fuck city. No, fuck which city? Montreal. Ah. Where are you trying to go? No, no, no. Research, research. Oh, you trying to go there, are The you? more you know. <laughs> Our next vlog, we're all going to Montreal! <laughs> <laughs> now, Pippa's intrigued, but overall, she's sad about all of this. And she's like, this is so much mystery and so many questions, and I just wish we could hear what they were saying to each other. Jody, Thomas's sister, says, well, brother, would you look at that? Oh, brother, brother, brother. What? Actually, never mind. No, tell us, what are you saying, what? Okay, fine. When Tommy and I were in college, he used to have this huge crush on a cute little lip major named Kylie. And all these dorks wanted to get with her and you know, they couldn't actually talk to her. None of them had the balls. So one night I go over to smoke and watch some um, Deep Blue Sea. And I discovered that they learned how to jerry-rig a laser pointer into a long-range microphone. So they were all low-key listening on Kylie's private conversation in hopes she would miraculously be professing her love for one of them. Okay, well, what happened after that? And Thomas is like, nothing, nothing happened after that. No, 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 no. This was actually Thomas's idea, by the way, and he watched a tutorial on YouTube. Anyway, the instant we got a signal, everybody was crushed because from the moaning, 
And the giggling, it became very apparent that Kylie and her roommate were having a naked tickle party with a guy named Seth. So they're all like, what the frick? But not Pippa. She's intrigued. So babe, how does this laser pointy thingy work? So Tippa go home and all right, class is in session. Thomas tries to explain. You see a large window like this, right? They make a noise when you talk. Like right now, it's vibrating minutely by the sound of my voice. So when you shine a laser onto this window, what do you think happens to the laser beam? It also vibrates? Yes, gold star for you, student. Exactly, the little tot of the laser wiggles from the vibration. So that's great and all, but it's not gonna work here unless we can somehow bounce the beam back in here, which just wouldn't make sense if, unless Brent has a tiny little mirror right in front of his window, we're out of luck. I was like, fuck. She's frustrated and she picks up the binoculars and she sees that the neighbors are prepping for a magnificent Halloween party. And she puts it down and she says, oh no, you're not gonna like this. I have a very, very bad idea. And you're like, yes, Pippa, don't do it. It is a bad idea. Don't get dressed up, all masked up, and sneak into the Halloween party and set up a mirror to bounce back. Don't do it. Well, that's exactly what she does, okay? <laughs> the minute that they walk in through Brent's door, the photographer, Brent, picks up Pippa, picks, like, physically picks her up, and he's shirtless, by the way, with, like, an animal mask on, throws her onto the photo shoot backdrop, picks up his camera, and Thomas runs over like, hello, can you put my girlfriend down? What the heck is this? so weird. And he's thinking, I've seen your pubes, man. But he's not saying it, but that's what he's thinking. And so now Tippa is standing there super awkward and he's, you know, trying to take a picture of them and they just kind of do a prom pose. Wait, so, wait, wait. Oh, they're here oh, to yeah. attend a party? Yeah, and put a mirror. But the photographer just picked them up and started taking pictures it's of them? It's an open party. Oh, right. And he's taking pictures of everyone's costumes. Ah, oh, I see, I see, I you see. You know? So they start posing awkwardly. It's like a prom photo, just smiling. Thomas is literally holding Pippa like this. It's just really uncomfortable. And the photographer is not having it. He throws Thomas onto the chair, grabs Pippa, maintaining strong sexual eye contact the whole time, has her stand next to the chair that Thomas is sitting on. He grabs Pippa's leg, places it on the chair, and holds her hand, and holds his hand to her chin to guide her face away from Thomas. And the two of them are making some intense eye contact. Which, by the way, this guy hasn't said a single word to them. And so he takes some pictures and walks off without saying a single word. Like, I don't know if this guy's on drugs or if it's part of his costume, but he was grunting a lot. I mean, he did dress up like a beast, but it was just a lot. He was like, <gasps> and then left. <laughs> like, what the fork? So the guy is just really into his Halloween role. And Thomas has a very normal reaction to this whole ordeal, which is, what the fuck was that? But Pippa, Oh yeah, she's a little bit shaken up sexually, okay, by the whole thing. It just seems like she was attracted to him. Now, while he's moving her around, there was just all this tension and she could feel it. But anyway, the two decide they're gonna have fun. They're drinking, they're dancing, they're giggling. I mean, this is the first time in the whole movie we're actually seeing them have fun fun, you know? And since this whole movie started. So Thomas excuses himself to go use the restroom and he catches the photographer making out with another girl in the bathroom. Again? While his wife is at the freaking party. It's wild. So Thomas carries Pippa on his back. This is the first time again they actually seem in love. They go home giggling, they're drunk, they're in a great mood, and they're setting up the laser now. And you know, 
the couple, they've got this little common mission, no matter how illegal or creepy, they come together and the whole thing is just bizarre. Like they really seem like they're in love all over again. So Pippa, she's looking through the binoculars and he says, hey, I need you to find the green dot and guide the green dot to the mirror that we stuck on a plant. So essentially what they need to do is match the laser with the mirror so that the laser can bounce back to them. And then from there, they can try to decipher what they're saying. I don't know how it works. They don't go into the science of it. So I imagine it doesn't work. Okay, so don't be pointing lasers at people. No, this is where the green dot is. And she's like, oh my god, oh my god, turn it off! It's on Margo! A second longer and they're gonna think they're being assassinated! You gotta start lower, go lower. So they put the green dot lower. And they get the laser, they, they get the laser and it points and it shoots back at them and they start listening on all of Thomas's equipment. Remember, he used to be in a band. He does a lot with sound. And now he is currently working from home making jingles for commercials. You know those pharmaceutical companies and their medication ads? It's always like they're living their best life running through the park and there's like a happy, upbeat jingle. And there's like, if you take this, you could die. Don't be alarmed. Side effects could include your left titty and your left ball just falling off. I mean, you still got the other one, right? And they're like, other side effects include your right titty falling off anyway. So that's what's happening. He's making those jingles. Now he's using it to sneak up on his neighbors. And Margot, they hear it. They get a signal. They start deciphering it. Of course, it's in the beginning, it's a little bit... Fuzzy, it's a little bit hazy, but slowly, it's a clear, distinct voice. Margot's yelling at Brent. She's like, I saw you go into the bathroom with that fucking woman in front of everyone. Are you fucking stupid? Do you think people can't see you? And he's like, how long are we going to have this conversation? Okay, fine, all right. You really want to do it now? Tell me the truth. Do you still love me? She's like, what? What does that have anything to do with any of this? Like, what are you, how did you even get there? What are you saying? Just answer the question, Margot. Do you still love me? And he's gaslighting her and he says, I think you're just trying to leave me, but you're trying to make it my fault. So you're coming up with all these ridiculous excuses. No, no, I'm not. I literally saw you go in there with her. What? You're insane. You have to trust me. You're coming up with these excuses. You really think I would fuck someone in our apartment? Is that what you think of me? No, I swear I saw you. You know what? No, I get it. You're insecure about my work, and I get it. It makes sense. But you've told me a hundred times that without my work, who's going to pay for all of this? Are you? I mean, even if we get divorced, I don't even know how you're going to support yourself. And she's like, wait, what? No, no, I never said divorce. I, I never said divorce. And she walks over, and she's hugging him. And he says, yeah, but at some point, I really have to start thinking about divorce, Jules. I'm really trying, but what else can I do? How long am I supposed to put up with this? So I guess her name is Jules and she's apologizing to him. To him! And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay? Damn. And he says, but if you're sorry, you need to change. <laughs> okay, I will. I'll change, I'll change. And then he aggressively slams her down and breaks her glasses in the process. And he tells her to stop acting like a fucking cunt. And walks off. Dang. And how does, um, what's the girl's name? Pippa. How does Peppa feel about that? So Peppa takes off her binoculars and stares at Thomas. And Thomas stares at her because, I mean, that took a turn. You know, their night is no longer fun. I mean, Peppa can't be attracted to this guy anymore, right? Like, come <laughs> yeah, on. exactly. That was crazy. So the next day at work, Peppa can't stop thinking about the fight with her neighbors because, of course, there's a side of her that wants that wants to tell Jules that she's not crazy because how many girls out there can relate to the feeling of a guy? Listen. When a guy tells you immediately, you're acting crazy, I know you're a liar, so I don't need any confirmation, I don't need anything else, 
I know you're crazy. I know you're trying to make me feel crazy. I know I'm onto something. I think I should dig harder. I should investigate more. Okay. So you're saying they should say the opposite. Yeah, like, okay, if any time hey, I ever say something to him, he's never like, his first reaction is never, you're, you're being crazy. It's always like, wait, what? Why do you think that? Here, this is what actually happened. Here, you can look at my, here, you can do this. <laughs> it's never like, oh, you're being crazy. Except sometimes uh, I do be ordering food and then I'll take a bite. And then five minutes later I go, did someone take a bite of my food? <laughs> and that is the only time he'll be, you're being crazy. <laughs> yeah, but that's about it, right? So she kind of wants to tell her neighbor, but what can she say? I pointed a laser at your house and I listened to your whole conversation and he is cheating on you. What can she do? And what do you know? At that moment, guess who walks in? Margo. Or maybe Jules, whoever. The lady from across the street, she's here to get new glasses because remember, Mr. Gaslighting, Cheating, Abusing, Beats broke hers last night. And she hasn't had an eye exam in ages, so she needs a freaking eye exam. Mm. And Pippa is the one that needs to do it. So they introduce themselves. I'm Julia, by the way. Oh, I'm Pippa. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and she starts doing the eye exam and it's a very intimate process. I never realized how intimate it was because I just know it from my POV, which is sticking my chin in that thing and looking through the thing and being like, RFD, is that a Z, you know? But uh, when you look at it from the side, it's really intimate because when they check your eyes, there's only this machine. They're like right there with mm -hmm. you. They're on the opposite side. It looks really intimate. Staring into someone's eyes, which is the windows of their souls. And they start picking out glasses and it actually gets really cute. Pippa's helping her choose and I think, I think she feels a little bad for the girl. So she's like, so this one is more of like a sexy librarian. And this one is more like femme fatale, you know? So you're gonna be someone who's to be reckoned with. You are a bad bitch. I mean, the cool thing about new glasses is you can pick out who you wanna be. She's good. And Julia picks out her glasses and she says, okay, so they'll be here in a couple days when the prescription is filled and I will call you to let you know. And they must have had some sort of connection. They must have seen eye to eye. <laughs> Sorry. Because Julia asks for Pippa's number and she's like, is that weird? I was just hoping you might want to grab coffee sometime. I mean, I, I know we just met, but you seem cool and I could use more friends. Ah, um, sure. Yeah, here's my card. My cell phone's on there, so yeah. Okay, cool, well I will call you. And she leaves. Meanwhile, Thomas is at home working when he sees Brent cheat on Julia with yet another model. So Pippa comes home to tell Thomas all about it and he's like, this is fucking crazy, this is insane. Yes, and what's even wilder, Thomas, is that we totally hit it off. Like, I like Julia, I feel like she needs a friend. Someone to talk to her about her super unhealthy relationship. I mean, I, can't, I, I feel like I should just, I feel like I should say something. Speaking of, Pippa, I've been thinking, and I feel like this isn't good for us. Yeah, I know. Like, I feel weird not telling her. No, no, I, I feel like it's not good for us to be spying on our neighbors, you know, sneaking around, keeping the lights off so they don't see us. I mean, it's weird. You're not actually gonna see her this weekend, are you? I have to. If I was cheating on you, wouldn't you want to know? What? I, I don't know that I would. But I don't even like that you keep going to these weird hypothetical places. It's not hypothetical. The asshole is cheating. Like, we know that. It's not hypothetical. So now I have the moral responsibility to do the right thing. And it looks like the two of them are about to fight. But Thomas tries to save it. And he says, hey, chicken, 
That's his nickname for her. Hey, chicken, I... I <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, chicken, I get it. You want to do the right thing. But when we moved in together, I was excited about us. So let's just get back to that. You know, we got swept away in this thing. Let's just get back to us. Okay, but maybe I can just tell her this weekend and it'll all be over. Thomas is upset by this and he feels like he's not enough. But Pippa promises, no, I just, I just need to rip the band-aid off. And I, I, I'm just going to keep thinking about it unless I do it. And we'll be done after that. Pippa, she doesn't need to be saved. She doesn't need to be saved by you. This is straight up none of your business. And with that, Thomas storms out of the house. Whose side are you guys on? Well, this is kind of like the debate of, we were talking about. Yeah. I would tell, honestly. But it's not your friend. But it's not even your friend. Okay, bro. then I would you, just mind my own business. If it's a stranger, I would just mind my own business. But if it was I a feel friend, like it's so, I don't know. I, I just, I would feel like it's too much of a risk. I would want to tell, ethically and morally speaking, but imagine you just meet someone and they tell you, hey, your boyfriend that you've been dating with and your husband, the one that you live with, and like you set your whole life around, they can suck. You think you're going to listen? Probably not. No. You're just going to hate that person. So I don't know. It's a pickle. So with that, Thomas storms out of the house and Pippa picks up the binoculars. She wastes no time. And uh, she can't help but go back to watching and listening to the couple, which is just getting really sad at this point and not at all hot anymore. Julia tries to seduce her husband to get back to feeling connected with him. She puts on lingerie the whole nine yards, but he tells her, I'm just not in the mood. And he walks away. I mean, the whole thing is just a lot. So when Pippa meets with Julia that weekend, they go to the sauna and they start talking about life. And Julia asks about her job and Pippa says, I love my job, you know? It, ophthalmology just makes sense to my brain. But I, I feel like I kind of killed off the possibility of anything else. Like I was, I was so obsessed that I forgot to pick my head up and look around and go, oh wait, what am I even doing? But at that point, you're just like too far down the rabbit hole. That's kind of what happened, and that's kind of how I got into this job. And Julia opens up and she says, well, I have the opposite problem as you. I'm trying to figure it out. I used to be a model, but I'm not anymore. Well, what happened? You know, I guess it's, I guess it's hard to find deeper meaning in your work when you have to force a smile every day, just so the world can decide if you're sexy enough. Like, it's, it's a weird feeling. I decided it wasn't worth it. My sense of self-worth, everything, like, I, I walked away, and now I'm really lost. You could do anything, you know, what's holding you back. Honestly, myself, I have 8,000 interests and I have zero skills. I didn't go to college. I can barely type. I just bought this wireless printer and it took me literally forever to even figure out how it works. My husband got me this fancy job working at this gallery and it's, it's nice. I get to travel and see amazing work, but it's just, it's not my passion, I guess. Then the two of them get naked and go into the spa pool. And she's like, so... Like fully, fully? Yeah. Who are you asking for? No, just to paint a picture for yeah, the fully. viewers. So she asks, so what, is, what does your husband do? Oh, Sebastian? Well, Seb, he's Seb. a photographer. Like a real one. His, he's a name around the world, I guess. He's a genius. I mean, I know that people throw that word around, but he really is. He really is a genius. Genius at time management and seeing different people yes. at different times. <laughs> Genius of stealth and covertness. And cheating. I actually slept with him after a shoot, which normally when you do that with photographers as a model, you don't really stay in contact, but Seb, um, he loves me. And I mean, there's a certain baggage that comes with dating an artist. They're complex and intense, but I love him and he's all I have. Like I wouldn't know what I would do without him. And it looks like Julia's about to cry. 
So Pippa gets closer. <laughs> and I'm like, don't do it. Don't tell her that her husband is cheating. Not now. Mm. Pippa gets closer. Not like this, Pippa. And Pippa looks at her and goes, are you okay, Marco? Margo? How does she know? Wait, what do you mean, Margo? Because Wait. remember, she was calling her Margo with Thomas. Oh, yeah. And Julia looks at her and goes, who's Margo? <laughs> she goes, I mean, I meant Julia. Oh, my God, that's so weird. I mean, I know your name. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Julia. Julia. And then just kind of laugh it off. And she says, you should meet him sometimes. He's great. Yeah, for sure. Which, by the way, Julia has no idea that they even live near each other or that they're neighbors. Pippa actually tries to walk in the opposite direction so they don't run into each other after they split from the sauna and the two part ways. But Pippa does not give up after the weekend. In fact, her stalking only gets worse and Seb only gets worse. She watches him bake Julia a cake for her birthday and then immediately have a threesome with two other girls the next night and feeds them the exact same cake in bed. Wow. She watches him cheat, you know, all the time. She watches Julia, and she tries to hide all of this from Thomas. It seems like the two of them are growing distance. She just waits for him to fall asleep at night so she can shine her little laser, put on her little big headphones, listen to them while watching with the binoculars. She sees Seth, Seb sleeping and Julia reading a book in the living room. And then it strikes Pippa, a great idea, to print something on Julia's wireless printer. Just the words, test. So it seems like a test. So the first printer she tries, it's not Julia's. But the second one starts printing off Julia's printer. Julia walks over, looks at it, and she's kind of puzzled, but it's, it's weird, but it's probably a test, right? I mean, that makes sense. And she trashes it. And then another page comes in. Just the words, your husband is cheating on you. Dang. Julia <laughs> reads it, she panics, she runs to the kitchen and she spills out her wine. And now Pippa's like, what the fork? Does she think that she's drunk? Because I actually sent that. What, what is she? What's wrong with her? So does she not believe this? So she sends another one. And it just says, there is a used condom in the bathroom trash can. But before Jules can read it, Seb wakes up and is like, hey, what are you doing? Ah, I, I'm just reading a new book that I bought. You should go back to bed. I'll be there soon. Around the same time, Thomas wakes up. I guess this is like the boys' witching hour, you know? They all wake up and just... And he's upset. He's like, Pippa, what are you doing? God, you promised you would stop stalking them. You don't watch anymore. You promised. I know, I know. I know you think that this is wrong, but I had to tell her. And they both look, and Julia heads to the printer. And then she rushes to the bathroom where she finds the used condom. And she's distraught. She starts whimpering, sobbing. She's a wreck. And Thomas is mad. Pippa, look at her. She's in pain. Look at what you did. I know, but I, I couldn't just sit back and watch. Yeah, well, you didn't need to watch. But it's my fault. We, it's not my fault. We both decided to look. When we both moved in, we both were looking. It was the both of us. It was our decision. So, of course, it's not going to be easy to stop watching anymore. Wait, Pippa, what is she doing? And they watch as Julia walks into the kitchen, grabs a big knife, breathing heavily, Panting, she walks over to the room where Seb is peacefully, blissfully unaware and sleeping. She stands over his body, and Thomas is screaming, Oh my god, Pippa, we gotta call the cops! Are we really about to watch her stab this man? No, what? We can't call the police! I, I just told her that her husband is cheating. I didn't tell her to stab him! And Julia lifts, the, lifts her hands into the air and brings the knife down, 
but she stops herself right before she touches Seb. She cannot stop him. So she runs out of the room, closes the door, and she drops to the ground, dropping the knife. And it's just really this sad moment. I mean, you see this woman lose it. She's heartbroken. She's, she's just obliterated. And guess what? Thomas is pissed. He grabs the binoculars and throws them across the room. I told you to stop. So the next morning, Tippa wake up, and they make up. Thomas feels bad for freaking out on her. He just feels like, you know, I, I, I guess I was mad that you were trying to get involved, but I also felt like I wasn't enough. We move in together and you're just always wanting more excitement, something new. You want to you wanna go out and I want to hang out at home. You want to go to bars and drink beer and I, I want to drink chlorophyll water. And I just felt like I couldn't give you more excitement. And she's like, no, no, don't say that. Like, you're exciting. You're more than enough. Don't worry. Besides, I'm going to throw out these binoculars. Don't worry. We're done with this. And they hug. And over Thomas's shoulder, Pippa spots something. Oh my god, what is that? And she pushes him away, runs up to pick up the binoculars. Oh my god, no! No, 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 this cannot be happening! No, please, no! And Thomas looks over and he squints his eyes. And they both see Seb on the floor crying, trying to help Julia, who is not only covered in blood, but she is now unresponsive. So she's... She ended her life. And they scream, oh my god, what do we do? What do we do, Thomas? What do we do? And Thomas is like, no, 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 no. He's not even listening to her at all. He runs into his closet and he starts packing his things. I can't, I can't stay here. Not like this, I have to go. I, I, I'm going to go stay with my sister or something. I, I need to get out of here. No, please, Thomas, I need you. You can't leave. I can't do this alone. Please, what do we do? No, I can't stay here. You and your goddamn sense of self-righteousness. I told you not to do that. I told you and you did it anyway. No, just, please, just stay. I'm really scared and I need you. Please, I love you. Well, if you loved me, you would have listened to me. How was I supposed to know that was going to happen? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Peppa, there's nothing you can do. She's dead because of you. You ended that fucking woman's life. You did that. I don't even know you anymore. We're done. It's over. And Thomas walks out on her. He leaves Pippa crying, traumatized and terrified. And the next day at work, Pippa has a mental breakdown. She's going through all the list of the prescriptions that came in, and Julia's had just come in. Now, when she gets home at night, Thomas is gone and she's alone. So what does she do? Old habits die hard. She picks up the binoculars and she watches Sep. He's drinking his sake, he's throwing his sake bottle around, glass shattering everywhere. And when he runs out of alcohol, he leaves the house and she goes with him. So she sees him go into a bar right under his apartment. And I don't know what comes over this girl's body, okay? But she gets dressed up, heads to that same exact bar. And she sits at a table near him and is staring at him. And because she's so obvious and weird, he drunkenly walks over and sits down at her table. Do I know you from somewhere? You look familiar, your eyes. Uh, no, nowhere, not that I know of. Well, you don't mind if I sit here, right? Until your Tinder date shows up. Sure. See, what I'm trying to understand is, I'm trying to work this out in my head. Do you watch porn? Um, sometimes. I mean, most people watch it frequently. Lovers, moms, dads, pets, everybody watches porn. <laughs> Who doesn't watch porn? I bet there's a dozen people on this block off to porn right this very second. People in very, very serious relationships watch porn and it doesn't matter, right? Have you ever been in a very, very serious relationship? Yeah? And did your boyfriend or girlfriend ever masturbate? Probably. And did you? Maybe? 
And did this simple act change the love that you had for him? No. Why not? I don't know, because it's meaningless? Exactly. So tell me, what's the difference between your vibrator and a human penis? <sighs> How do you know wow. that I have a vibrator? Because you're a woman. Okay, well, a vibrator doesn't have feelings and a vibrator isn't connected to a brain. Well, I would argue that most penises aren't connected to a brain. Fine, but a vibrator isn't connected to a soul. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of sex that was just as meaningless, if not more meaningless, than watching porn. The only difference is it's just more fun. Having sex with a person is a lot more fun than your hand. Well, not everybody agrees with you. No, they don't. No matter how much you freaking love them. And then he just starts crying. <laughs> and he says, sorry, I'm just going through the most difficult separation of my life right now. And I know I can be a bit blunt, so sorry about that. It's okay. Now, Pippa feeling bad, she says, kind of reminds me of the ass and the ass and his masters. And the story goes, um, there was this donkey and the owner doesn't feed him well. And he has to work in this garden all day and he's starving. So he goes to the god Jupiter and he's like, hey man, can I please get a new master? I'm starving over here. And Jupiter is feeling gracious. And so he says, sure thing, wish granted. And the next day the donkey is sold to a potter. Great, life must be peaches and cream, right? Wrong. It's the worst job a donkey could have. He's fed well, but now he has to carry these heavy bricks to and fro all day. So he goes to Jupiter again and he says, Hey Jupiter, I really need another master, please. And Jupiter is like, Are you sure? Slow your roll, man. I'm only gonna do this one more time. Are you sure you want another master? And the donkey's like, I got this pain in my back. It's not gonna go away. There's no such thing as Advil yet. Will you please do this favor for me? So the next day, the donkey is sold again to a leather tanner who hangs donkey, slits his throat, bleeds him out, and turns him into a pair of sandals. So moral of the story, he who finds discontentment in one place is unlikely to find happiness in another. So Seb says, you know why that fable was written? So it seems like Seb knows the fable. Yeah, I just said, to show that the grass isn't greener on the other side. No, he wrote it for his slaves. So when his slaves were feeling down, they could tell it to each other and make themselves feel better. But in reality, they were all deeply, deeply depressed with their quote, master. Silence. And then Seb breaks the silence by saying, would it be strange if I was to take your picture? And that's how Pippa found herself going to the neighbor's house where Julia just ended her life. But listen, what the hell do I know about boundaries? I know nothing. And morals, nothing I guess. Now there is tension in the elevator of the sexual kinds and once they get into the apartment it only gets worse and I... Just weird, it's inappropriate, it feels illegal and she's, she's looking around. So you're a professional photographer. You know my latest exhibition opens in a few weeks, you should come. And he puts her on the set and he starts snapping away and he says, those eyes, are you sure we've never met? No, we haven't met. But um, I, I'm not really good at this, I don't know how to pose. That's okay, do what I said and it'll be perfect. Put your hand on your left shoulder, eyes to me. He takes the pictures and he says, you look so kind. Is this okay? Yeah, it's just the jumper, the sweater. What does your bra look like? She's like, subtle. Sorry, look, I work with naked models pretty much every day, so I, I forget it's out of the ordinary, but if you're not comfortable, it's cool. No, no, it's, it's fine. And she downs her wine, takes off her sweater, and he says, okay, now lose the pants. So now she's just sitting there in her undies. 
And he's like, okay, perfect. Now take off your bra. Obviously, she's shocked, but he tells her, here, I can make it less awkward. And he takes off his shirt and pants. And Bro, then what is going on? And now he's completely naked. And he says, okay, now it's your turn. So she follows his lead and, you know, he starts taking pictures of her. You know, but he starts freaking out in the middle and he says, what the f*** am I doing right now? What's, what am I doing? And she's like, what's wrong? Nothing, you just remind me of someone, that's all. Sorry. No, it's, it's not your fault. And then he moves in for a kiss and they start making out. And the two of them full on start doing it on the couch and it's just a lot, okay? Meanwhile, oh you know what's happening on the other side? Thomas comes home with flowers no. to tell her that he's sorry. He felt bad. So he says, Pippa, Pippa, are you home? Pippa, I'm sorry, are you home? Gosh. Maybe she's not home yet. He puts the flowers down, opens the fridge, claps a core full of water, takes a sip and oh, disgusting. So maybe this guy really is trying to pretend he likes it. Either way, he's like, let's not waste this water. And he gives it to the bird feeder, right? He puts it in the bird feeder. And he sees a blonde woman with Seth as he's doing this, as he's putting the water, because, you know, it's right in front. He's like, really? So soon after his wife took her own life? Cheating gaslighter. I mean, I guess I shouldn't expect more from him. And he grabs the binoculars. No. No. Guessed it. He sees Pippa cheating uh, on him with Seb, sleeping with Seb. His worst fears all confirmed. Pippa has no idea. I mean, I hope oh it was God. amazing, girl, because you are in for a world of pain when you get home. She falls asleep on Seb's bed, wakes up the next morning, grabs her things, does her walk of shame. Usually I don't like that term walk of shame, but this one is a little bit shameful. She goes home and the door's unlocked. That's weird. First thing she sees. Flowers on the ground, then the binoculars, and oh my god. She looks up, and there was the love of her life staring back down at her. Thomas had hung himself. What happened next seems like a blur to her. She watches the police take him away. We see her go through the motions, the motions of grief, being at the funeral, being at home, being at work, just going through the motions, but you're not really there, like a robot. And she stands in front of a giant poster, Sebastian Jacobs exhibition. And you think that she's gonna go because she's getting ready and she, she dresses up in all black, hair and makeup done, and instead she goes to have dinner with Ari. And she tells her everything. And she says, I had to tell someone. I felt like I had to tell you, and I'm sorry, I, I get it if you never want to talk to me again. And I was like, wait, Peppa, you think that this is your fault? You can't blame yourself for this. I caused the whole thing. No, 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 I get it, it's tragic. It's more than tragic, it's fucking insane. But you had no idea that this was gonna happen. I mean, you were just dumped. Maybe you deserved it, but that part doesn't matter. You were a single woman, and it's common knowledge that the fastest way to mend a broken heart is to do the most unhealthy, fucked up that you can possibly think of. I mean, yeah, doing it with a depressed widower that you're stalking is like a bit extreme, you know? But it's part of the deal of a breakup. Listen, Pippa, it's not your fault. And I know that you're super fucked up right now and you need to get therapy like tomorrow, like yesterday, but it's not your fault. You're a good person, Pippa, even if it doesn't feel like it right now. And Pippa says, yeah, if I'm such a good person, why do I want to see him again? He's like, disappeared. I know it sounds irrational, but if I could just like see him, maybe I could move on. See the photographer? Yes. Ari doesn't judge her and she said, well, you said he, he's not home, so where do you think he'll be if he's not home? Maybe we could pretend to run into him or something. I know where he could be. 
And the two of them go to the opening night of his exhibition. And it's honestly popping. There's so much buzz. It's exactly what you imagine. Artsy people waiting for the photos to be unveiled. And right now they're all covered in red sheets, drinks, music, Seb taking pictures. And he snaps one of Pippa right as she turns around. Oh, I didn't think you'd actually come. I did. And it's really cool. Congratulations. Yeah, wow. Um, thanks for coming. And the lights turn off and he says, well, I guess that's my cue. I uh, gotta go. And he walks onto stage and he looks like a tortured artist. And he says, now before we begin, I should say that this particular project was a collaboration with my partner in crime in this, the love of my life, Julia Navator. Now Pippa wants to go home. She's like, all right, let's go. She's like, this is too sad. This is too depressing. She can't handle this. Arya is about to lead the way when Sebastian goes. So it only seems right that she should be up here with me. Everyone, Julia. What? How? She's dead. And Pippa sees in walking Julia. Not dead, but completely fine with a red scarf mm -hmm. tied around her neck. They what? kiss on stage and Julia stares directly at Pippa and says, Hi everyone. This new exhibition tells a modern fable. It's a tragic tale of a sweet young woman named Pippa. Aww. And she points at Pippa and the first picture comes down and is unveiled. The red, the red um, fabric is released from the picture dramatically and it's a nude photo of Pippa. What? And Seb goes on to explain. Peppa lives in the apartment that we own across the way from our own studio. And then another picture of Pippa and Thomas happily hanging out in the apartment. When she and her boyfriend Thomas first moved in together, their future was bright. Things were downright peachy. And then they got a little bit distracted by the strangers across the way. Us. Wow. They started to care more about what was going on in other people's lives than they did their own. And as Seb is talking, they're unveiling new pictures. Pictures of boxes being unopened in their apartment after they move in. Pictures of them snooping on the neighbors with the binoculars. Pictures of them doing the nasty with the binoculars on. And he continues, so what turned out to be a fun little hobby turned into a little bit of an obsession. They crashed our Halloween party. Then the picture of them at the Halloween party. Are you kidding me right now? They planted a microphone so that they could secretly listen in on our conversations. Oh my god, I know everything. Which, oh totally illegal by the way. Yet somehow, Pippa decided she was doing the right thing. First, this tore the couple apart emotionally. And then, it tore them apart forever. And then a picture was unveiled of Thomas hanging in the apartment. People start walking out at Bro. this point. It's too much. It's just not appropriate. But Seb continues. They failed to realize that the whole time that they were watching us, we were really watching them. Ah. We are the voyeurs in this, but they had no idea. How is that okay to, to show? Oh, let's get there. So Pippa's head starts spinning. She's breathing faster. She can't handle it. This cannot be real. She runs out and Ari tries to chase her down, but there's no stopping her. She's distraught. She breaks into their loft and she's frantically looking around for something. There's no way. She would have caught them spying on her. She would have, she would have seen something, a camera or something. This is a sick joke. And she looks up and sees an opening, an attic. 
She climbs up there, and it's their Lightroom, and she sees hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures of her on the walls. They have been watching the couple day in, day out. They have massive zoom cameras up there with the telephoto lenses that are like three oh feet long. They probably had other people taking the pictures or on a timer. They were watching them the whole freaking time. So Pippa panics. She starts tearing down the photos of herself. She's screaming. She's throwing, breaking the camera, smashing the computer monitors. But it's too late. The whole world will know about her, regardless of if this is legal, which we'll get into. If you like the art, we'll get into that. If you think it's ethically horrendous, whatever it is, it's a fascinating story. So of course, people are going to talk about it. Pippa just can't pretend like this never happened. In fact, it's going to follow her for the rest of her life. She has no choice but to move out. She does hang sheets so nobody could watch her or rather take pictures of her while she moves everything out. She notices the delivery guys whispering about her. Yes, those are my boobs. This is the place. I'm the voyeur. What else do you want to know, huh? And she's annoyed. She will forever be known as that girl, the stalker girl, the voyeur girl. When everything is out, she says, oh, shit, I almost forgot. And she leans, she needs to grab one more thing. The bird feeder, filled with chlorophyll water. But while she sticks her head out there, she can't help but look at the couple. They catch each other's eyes, and Pippa looks down, probably embarrassed. But when she looks down, she sees it. A bunch of dead birds. That's mm -hmm. weird. Why would the birds be dead? The bird feeder. What's in the bird feeder? Not Chlor chlorophyll water. So Different how did water. Thomas die? Poisoned? So Pippa puts two and two together. Why would the birds be dead? Meanwhile, Seb and Julie are too busy to care. They're doing interviews because I'm sure you have the same questions as me and everyone else. Sebastian shows them. This is the image release form that they signed. It was actually the last page of their lease. Plain and simple. Very simple language. Now, do I know if they actually read it? I don't know, but that's not my responsibility. Let me ask you guys this. How many times has something popped up on your computer screen this week asking you, please agree to the terms and conditions? And you just clicked yes about it without thinking anything about it. I mean, it's something we grow accustomed to, no? Mm -hmm. How is that our fault? The interviewer asks, but what gives you the right to? And Julia cuts in. I mean, it's tragic. And we build... Now, this is what's interesting. When Julia starts talking, she's no longer the Julia we've known the whole movie, which was a little bit softer, a little bit more, um, I guess you would say submissive. She is, she's definitely more confident than Sebastian. She is a very new person. She says, I mean, it's tragic. And we both feel so horrible. Isn't that right, Seb? Don't we, Seb? But if anything, it's a warning because it's unprecedented, really. The access we give people are into our lives today, it's entirely socially acceptable. So socially expected, almost, to stalk people we may or may not know in order to get a glimpse into that partially true version of their lives. Seb and I lived a version of our lives for Pippa and Thomas to see. Yes, we created our own narrative and we made it available for them to watch. We gave them front row seats and they took it. They tuned right in. And now we will be premiering internationally. We've sold out. It's a massive success and we've made a disgusting amount of money in the process. Now, do you have anything interesting to ask us? And the couple leave the interview. And there seems to be a tenseness. And when they get home, there's another bottle of wine at the front door. I mean, how many congratulations can we get? It's from the Pace Gallery. <sighs> Julia pours the wine and says, Look at how well we're doing. You just need to get over it. Here, just drink up. He starts drinking, but he can't focus. Julia, you don't ever feel guilty? No. And the guy just looks terrified of her. But before he can even ask her questions, the printer runs. And it spits out a sheet of paper. On a single sheet of paper, it said the words, 
I know. Julia and Seb stare at each other. What? What does that even mean? Then the printer spits out another sheet of paper. The one lone sentence. Thomas didn't commit suicide. What the frick? Then another sheet of paper. And this time the entire page was filled with the words. It said, you killed him, 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 you killed him. What? Is it Pippa? So they look inside the apartment that she used to live in and nothing. Wait, wait, look up, look up. They see her on the roof with her laptop. And Julia's like, she's fucking lost it. What do you think she thinks she knows? So the couple run out to meet her and she's running away from them. It's like a catch me if you can sequence takes place. Pippa finally runs into the only other place that we've really ever seen her, which is her workplace, Loptique. She runs in and they have no choice but to follow her. I mean, they need to know if she has proof. They need to know what else she knows about them. They burst in through the door and Pippa looks shocked and she says, please, please just leave me alone, please. Is this really all necessary, Pippa? What is it that you think you know? I mean, these are some pretty accusations. You think you know. You, they must come from somewhere. Please, I'm, j- I'm just scared. Please just leave me alone. When I watched you guys, I believed every moment. Even though none of it was real. I just... I believed it. And then we get a flashback of Julia poisoning the chlorophyll water. The disgusting one that Thomas drank when he got back home. To win her back with the flowers. And Pippa said, but when Thomas died, it didn't feel true, but he's gone. In another flashback, Thomas collapsing on the floor and Julia hanging him up. Why? I just know that he would never have done that. And I don't know for sure, but I feel like you drugged him and you made it look like he did it himself. Well, Pippa, that's a hell of a theory. Do you have any proof? No, I don't, but... You manipulated me. You manipulated me. You seduced me. And then you exposed me. But you can never hurt me again. Because I have nothing left. So I just need to know this one thing. And then I can leave you alone. How could you do this? Pippa. But we didn't do it. We didn't do anything. It was all you. It was you that once told me. Wasn't it you? It's just when you're so obsessed with something. It's like you go down the rabbit hole. And you forget to pick your head up. And go... Oh wait, what am I even doing? But by then, you're too far down the rap. And Julia starts looking panicked. What just happened? It seems like Julia can't talk. She can't get the words out. Her muscle movements are sporadic. And she drops to the ground. And Sebastian starts screaming, what did you do? And Pippa wipes off the tears and says, you weigh a little more, so it's going to take you a second to kick in. That wine was a gift from me. I hope you enjoyed it. And Sebastian falls to the ground. She jumps on top of him and says, look at me. Get a good look because it's the last thing you'll ever see. She drags them onto the table, forces open their eyes, uses her tools, turns on the machines, and you hear the whiz, the buzz, the sizzling. It's almost like the sound of when you fry up an egg, that kind of sizzle. And the movie ends with another couple moving into Thomas and Pippa's old apartment. They love the view. One of them says, wait, but do you, do you see that? Do you see that? Come here. Look at them. What are they doing? The other partner goes, I don't see anything. Oh, God, my eyes are getting so bad. I think I need to make an appointment soon to get them checked. But the guy stands there, and he can see Seb and Julia walking around their studio, looking lost, and their eyes are snow white. Oh, shoot. Pippa's on the roof, and she's watching them too. She's watching with her binoculars, and when she's satisfied, she sets down the binoculars on the roof railing and walks away. 
Bro, there's like three plots to this, bro. So good. So what does the ending mean, right? Do we like Pippa or not? It's hard to say, and I don't think it's a movie where she's definitely a lovable character. I mean, I think what she did, what she did was just messed up. Not even the fact that Thomas was like breaking up with her because of something, but it's the fact that you told someone that their husband was cheating, that someone took their own life, you watched it happen, and then you slept with them like the next day. That's just bizarre. So she's obviously a very flawed character, but they do kind of give her a hyped up ending, which I thought was a bit strange. Also, um, a lot of people online said that they should have just ended it at the exhibition because that would have been like a, I think when you watch it, it's a little bit different. I will say it's almost like Pippa's character changed. And I get, you know, grief does weird things to you, but it was almost like two different movies. Mm, so it's like kind she of became a little, so good at and it. And like so smart, so good, yeah, so manipulative, so exactly. like, ugh, I don't give a woman right yeah, yeah, it just yeah. it was you know it was but i loved all the twists i think it was more of um a cheaper twist movie which you know you gotta love those once in a while it's not gonna go down in history as you know a film mm. it's an amazon original come on yeah but and it's good it's, it's like good. unexpected yes very Bam, unexpected exactly i loved all the twists what's your favorite twist in there the attic oh the, the light what? room the light room Oh, that they were filming yeah. up there? So crazy. I thought he was going to say the titties. Yeah, that too. So moral of the story, mind your own business. Exactly. I mean, I mean, some argued it's like the director wanted five different endings, but couldn't decide on one. <laughs> but I kind of liked it, okay? I like it. I will say this. I love the movie. I love Sydney Sweeney more than life. And she did amazing for what she was given. But who wrote the dialogue in this bitch is what I want to know. Because the dialogue was so weird. It was really hard. It was really hard to sit through. I would say the dialogue was on par with actual porn dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, just, um, okay. it was something else. Okay. Now your question is, why did the photographers kill Thomas? Pip already yeah. did a lot. So why do they need to murder someone? It's assumed because it makes for an even greater exhibition. The true destruction of love, morals, but of life too, you know? One of those things. So that is... The movie, The Voyeurs, available on Amazon. Hashtag not spots. But you could totally pay me, Jeff. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. you have, like, $2 for this one is fine. Wow. <laughs> for the little shout out, you know what I mean? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed this week's Baking a Mystery, and I will see you guys next week with another one. Let me know if you like these tantalizing videos a little bit more. You like a little left boob here and there? So we'll be back, and I'll see you then. Bye.